Welcome to the One Thing Podcast. We're happy to have you with us. And this is where we all get to uh, usher in the new age of humanity, homo spiritus, by practicing dancing with the one thing that individuals, communities, and countries have yet to try and mass. And that one thing is the connection to the higher self part of our whole self anatomy that people call by various different names. Our prime directive above all else is to make and constantly return to this one thing connection. We call it taught the one thing as a sort of a, an abbreviation. And it's best if we do this day in and day out as our first step in dealing with life problems, rather than viewing life problems as things that we solve separately from the one thing. And although surrendering to higher love and wisdom, this is the episode we're going to be talking about today, surrendering to higher love and wisdom. It is a cornerstone of the one thing connection. There are times when we have preparatory work to do before that surrender can happen. So in this episode, we're just going to discuss how to rep, uh, recognize when that preparatory work is needed and how to do that preparation so that we can all become more uh, able to authentically surrender. And in the event that you don't like that word surrender or your human mind is like, what? You know, because sometimes people think that it's just a laying down and a giving up and it's not. We can use a different word. We can use yield. Um, we can use offer up the ideas that we're sort of merging with our higher self. And that's the act of surrender that we're that we're speaking of in this in this conversation. Right. For me, it's it's um <clears throat> surrendering my my delusional sense of being a separated self and trading that in for becoming a conduit or not becoming but reconnection Activating. reconnecting with being a conduit of higher love and wisdom and action right so to kick this off just to kind of frame what we'll be delving into the first thing to consider is that whenever we experience any type of loss of peace when whenever loss of peace is in our face um, it very often requires release before surrender or um, tapping into higher love and wisdom becomes fully possible uh, so what that what that means is that if we really value being connected with higher love and wisdom if we value what uh, what what we're talking about as surrender, but again, like Lori said, whatever word you want to use is fine. Uh, but if we do that prematurely, in other words, if we if we do that before we have released what's blocking us, our surrender process won't be fully effective. Our our ability to be clean conduits for higher love, wisdom, and action will not be fully clean, and. That kind of premature surrender is a form of what some people have referred to uh, for a while now as spiritual bypass. So spiritual bypass is basically where we're using um, wonderful spiritual intentions and spiritual principles as a hiding strategy rather than using those those principles and those intentions to foster our connection and to to um uh, bring our connection with the one thing into the physical universe 
Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And I think there's, you know, there's two reasons why we might spiritual bypass. And the first is that we've never been taught the, the preparatory work, you know, like if we don't know how to release before we surrender, well, then of course, we're not going to do it. And then the second thing is, is it can feel a little scary to do a release process, even though it's the easiest thing to do. And it actually works way better than resisting. Um, But the human mind will will deem it as something a, a bit on the frightening side. So just if we know that sort of in advance, then we can just talk ourselves off the ledge and and do it anyway. (laughs) That's my, my view on it anyway. And then, you know, there's, there's one thing to release energy that is no longer serving old emotional patterns, false beliefs, all those kinds of things. Um, But then there's the other side of the coin where we wait, we may want to elevate or expand ourselves. You know, maybe we want to increase our confidence or um, courage or, you know, even maybe pursue being more creative. These are two similar steps because the the the, the steps are similar to when we we want to release something that we're holding on to that's no longer serving, which is we recognize and we accept that it's there. You know, we it, it's better to turn toward that kind of thing than away from it, and and then claim our intention and then uh, and then give it over, offer it up to your higher wisdom, your higher intelligence, you know, your divine self, whatever words you want to put to that, the source of life, and let that part of yourself um, be in the dance of this co-creation of elevating or expanding a. a a value or a um, quality in yourself. Yeah. 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 Well, well said. And so what, uh, what I'll just kind of underscore in what you were saying, honey, is, uh, is that um, both the release process and the surrender process are co-creative exercises they're co-created pieces that really neither of which can be done without connection to the one thing so release elevate and co-create they're all they're all taught pieces it's not like only the surrender part is taught and the others aren't yeah good point and i think the highlight of what you're saying is that none of this gets to happen in the most impactful and and um long-term effectiveness way without our connection to the one thing is that is that yes yeah that's right yeah the other thing to keep in mind is that in the on the release end of it if if something is coming up if something is you know and what when we mean what we mean by when it's coming up either we have a little charge about something or we're triggered or we have a big fat charge about something <laughs> you know there's like small medium and large let's just say to make it simple to talk about um intensities of things that might be ready to be released and the thing to really know is that if it's if you have an awareness of it if it's present and in your face, and you have a conscious awareness of it, then it's ready. It wouldn't be in your awareness, and you wouldn't be conscious of it unless it were ready. So true, so true. And that, I think, is part of the antidote to the temptation that sometimes um, is is very human, which is, well, why is this coming up? Right. Right. Well, it's coming up because I'm ready for it to come up. <laughs> or maybe we it's even a more um, 
it's a helpful way to think about that it's it's coming up because our soul knows it's ready to be released. That's much more precise. Yeah. Yeah. And so to start delving deeper into these kinds of context dimensions, uh, we'll, we'll start off by just offering up that it's very human for us to sometimes not know that we've been avoiding something, avoiding an issue, avoiding a block, yes. avoiding an objection, uh, avoiding piece of baggage, whatever it is. And sometimes we're no longer avoiding whatever that thing is, but we're not yet fully aware of how multi-layered the issue is. And uh, I think it's really important to just humanize that, to keep our keep our inner critics out of judgment about those things, that that this is part of what we're here to face. And outgrow, you know? Yeah, that's a really good point. And, and honestly, the criticism and the judgment ends up being a roadblock to the capacity to do the work we're talking about. So yes, that. yeah, yes, yes, I absolutely agree. And so the the dance uh, that we do with whatever we've been avoiding, or with what we have stopped avoiding, but are recognizing there are more layers to it than we thought, uh, the, the it's going to teach us as we enter into the dance with whatever that is, it's going to teach us one of three things. It's either going to teach us uh, that, oh, I can, I can uh, really authentically let this go in a breath and it won't come back. That's one possibility. The second possibility is it might teach us that we need to attend to it beyond just letting it go because just letting it go, uh, a specific issue go, uh, is just like a temporary band-aid, but it comes back 10 minutes later or a day later or a week later or a month later. A uh, and the, what's that? Or a year. <laughs> or a year later. Right, right. Uh, and the third possibility is I need deeper work with whatever this baggage is in order to become ready for authentic surrender. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. And I think the other thing to just be really um, cognizant of is that since things come up when they're ready, it, there isn't, we can stop beating ourselves up or, you know, taking us ourselves through the ringer that we're broken and so wounded that it's irreparable uh, because these things keep coming around or this big thing keeps coming up or has come up or whatever the, you know, part on the spectrum is the intensity and recognize that the way that we expand love in the multiverse is by moving through these things, especially on this planet. So, so I have understood is that this is the planet of polarity where we're, we're often pushing and pulling, we're tugging with dual energies. And it's in the transformation of those dual energies, like a trigger or a charge or trauma or fear or, you know, an anxiety or a stressor. It's, it's, moving ourselves through those that expands love uh, in the universe. And that's kind of the opposite of being so broken and wounded that we might as well just throw our hands up in the air and, you know, what, what's that thing? I guess I'll go eat flies or something like that. Anyway, <laughs> nobody loves me. Everybody hates hey, me. I'm going to go in the corner and eat worms. It worms. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, 
this, this is a big one. This, this little piece here, you know, to not immediately go to look at how broken I am that here, this thing is again, but rather, oh, maybe I'll practice with this piece to turn to it in order that one more little segment of life gets returned to love. And that's, that's a completely different, um, narrative to to be working with within ourselves beautifully said beautifully said and to piggyback on uh on that a little further to talk about more about um re repeating patterns uh you know when when an old energy or pattern or limiting belief or construct keeps repeating all this means is that we missed the few, the first few wake up calls about it. Uh, we missed the need to do some work before uh, we can become fully capable of surrender or maybe concurrently with, uh, with surrendering. Uh, it, the, the notion of wake up calls is another thing that is fundamentally human. You know, the, the old saying, I think we've mentioned it on prior episodes mostly people change not because they see the light but because they feel the heat mm -hmm. and so it's human to get wake-up calls about spiritual evolution uh or about baggage that we're carrying that's interfering with us embodying higher love and wisdom and action uh it it's human to get wake-up calls that we say oh well i'll deal with that another time oh that's not important it's human and so the universe in its loving patience responds to us pressing the snooze button on the wake-up call alarm clock simply by recycling the wake-up call at a next higher level of intensity at some point further down the road that's not the universe punishing us. That's the universe saying, I love you so much that if you don't take the hint at a lower level of intensity, I'll elevate the heat, however yeah. hot you need it to be in order to start responding to the wake up call. That's an act of love, not an act of vengeance or hatred or negativity. Right, right. I mean, we could use, I'm, I'm just thinking of an example. If, you, if you're a parent and you have, you're walking on the sidewalk with, let's say, a three-year-old and they want to run into the street, you're going to scream loud, you know, but if they wanted to just sort of put their toe on, you know, on the other side of the curb where the cars go, you know, from the sidewalk, then, you know, your, your voice might be a little bit lighter. Anyway, you get the idea. And I think it's important to also recognize that when a pattern is frustrating if it if it does keep coming back around or it's maybe you know a bit of an addiction that just keeps kind of keep us keeps us spinning on a hamster's wheel um <clears throat> that you know we're, we're going to use all the tools we have and it's it is good to gather tools and understand you know what works for what there's a lot of tools out there um but if you have if you've tried everything you know then this is a really good time to um, offer up the situation. So I, I've probably done this more than anything. <laughs> like when I keep, you know, knocking on doors and there's no answers to try to deal with a certain issue or situation or trigger. Um, 
then I, I literally give it to my higher presence and I ask for guidance. I ask to be shown step by step what would, you know, what would be the best way to um, to move myself, to elevate myself, to expand myself through this thing that is frustrating and you know causing me to feel resistance and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, my favorite prayer is a four-letter word: help. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we've said this in other other episodes that you know we leaving leaving this wise part of ourselves out of the out of the equation is really a recipe for prolonged suffering. <laughs> so it's it's really good to uh, to remember and find ways to remind yourself to you know to invite this part of our yourself ourselves into into the core of the thing. Right. Like a lot of people I've heard over the years say, oh, I don't want to bother, you know, love divine divinity with this. And it's like, oh, no, that that's the whole point. <laughs> that is the meaning of heaven, bringing heaven to earth. Right. Or on earth as it is in heaven or above uh, below as it is, as above. And like that's what we're supposed to be doing. That's not a bothersome thing. That's the the um, that's the use of that energy or the the, the purpose of calling that energy in. So that's so important. Yeah, it really is. And then the other, the other thing I was going to mention too, is this idea about being human. You know, it is, it's true that all the, the, the ways that we've been talking about, it's human to have, uh, triggers. It's, you know, that was the reason that was the point of coming into a human form. But we also said that we would come into this human form with our divinity and with our sacred self, not, you know, not divided from it. So. Mm-hmm. Well said. Yes. And so our action is relatively simple, simpler than it might be tempting to think it is, uh, which is whenever we experience an emotional charge, you know, a strong a strong negative emotion, usually negative emotion, um, or a trigger or fear or a stressor or worry or anything else that takes us out of our peaceful center, our taut connection. It means, like Lori was saying before, it means that that issue is ready to be tended to. And tending means being present with what's coming up, not denying it, not prematurely pseudo releasing it where it's not really a release it's kind of driving it underground while pretending it's release um it, it tending it means being present with what's coming up dropping into where the tension lives in our body letting our our sensations teach us keeping those sensations company interviewing them asking them what brings you now what uh what do you need in order to shift things along those lines acknowledging the energy and you and if needed utilizing additional steps or modalities uh depending on the nature and the intensity of what's coming up uh so that that whole tending process may be as simple as oh there there's I feel a tightness in my chest right now. Gosh, I, okay. What, let me, let me connect into that tightness rather than push it away or deny it or ignore it or pretend it's not spiritual and, uh, and inquire what, what it's there to 
alert me about? What is, what is it wanting me to know? What is it wanting to draw my attention to? And what is, what does it need from me in order to shift back into peace, into love? And if it, what, what it needs from me is something that feels beyond me to do, that's again, when I ask for help. Right. Right. So, so good. That That's such a beautiful way of articulating this part. And, you know, when we talk about this peaceful center that we're all aching for, I mean, most of us want to live from a peaceful center and many people don't even know what that even feels like for a, a, a nanosecond, let alone live from it. And, you know, when we talk about things like expanding through these things and evolving ourselves through these um these sticky po points in our life in order to expand love. This, the, it also means that we're, we're activating harmony in ourselves and in the world. So when we talk about why it's important to do individual work in order to affect the collective, it is a, it, that is an absolute truth. <laughs> so if, if you want more peace in the world, or if you wish there were more harmony or more civility or more, more inclusion, you know, counter to the exclusion and division, then that's the kind of work that your soul is asking you to do within your own being. And, uh, and, and it's an honor to do that work. It's, it's a sacred path to do that work. It's not because, you know, it's not because you need to be, you know, punished as David said earlier, or for any other reason, other than you have what it takes to do this work regarding this piece now go. <laughs> mm, mm, beautiful, beautiful. So to double back to something else that we said earlier, surrender isn't meant to be a bypass mechanism, a spiritual bypass. What, what authentic surrender is, is, is a giving over. Uh, it's, 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 it's giving over so that an ego issue, a, a baggage issue, a, an undigested life experience becomes less active in us. Uh, it, it becomes less triggerable. It loses its emotional charge. It loses its ability to be the boss of us. And uh, this, this surrendering is so that we become more and more open to allowing sources, grace, and magic to become more compelling to us than that issue could ever be. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when we don't do that, then we, we stay mired in the energy that is no longer working. Right. And sometimes people do this for a whole lifetime and that's, you know, that's a bit sad, isn't it? So, I mean, the nature of the universe is expansion. That's just the nature, right? So we, and we're, we're extensions of the universe. So we, we can't really deny that part of the reason that we want to do some release work and, and, and let go of the baggage, you know, whatever word you want to put to that is so that we have the capacity within ourselves in this co-creative relationship with our higher wisdom, our higher presence to elevate who we are, to activate qualities within ourselves that every human being has access to. I love when I learned some years back that if one human being has done something, any other human being can do that thing. And so it's, it's a, it's a buffet. We just get to pick. I mean, we can't eat all the, the dishes on the buffet, but we can 
pick our faves and enjoy the heck out of that meal. It's the same thing with our life. It's like, well, we can't do all the things, but we can, we can pick the things that we really want to taste. And, um, and, and we do that by getting clear about what that thing is. And then the, the, the quality or the thing we want to elevate and expand in ourselves. I mean, maybe it is as clean and clear as just being able to hold more love in our hearts. Right. And not, you know, not limited to romantic love, but th- what is this love of the universe? I, I, you know, maybe you want to explore feeling that love in your heart because I, I do think it takes some time to actually clear the decks and then be able to receive that love, you know, or, or ha- have an awareness of the feeling of it. And then the other part of that is following guidance. Like we set forth this intention that we would like to expand this thing and we invite, we're, we're in co-creative partnership with our higher wisdom and then there's going to be, um, you know, there's going to be some guidance and some intelligence that drops in. And we want to follow that. We want to, um, we want to, you know, take the steps that we're being shown. And it, and it is a one step at a time, one breath at a time thing. It's not a one and done. It's not like, oh, here's the, the big lay of the land. I, you know, I've, that's never really been my experience when I want to, usually I feel like I'm in the dark with a little tiny mini flashlight and I all that flashlight shows me is my next step <laughs> and then at some point there's a horizon that is you know a lighter vista that opens up and I can you know I can see but that's after a lot of steps by you know feeling in, in feeling my way through the dark and uh, on those steps so hmm. I could just listen to you all night <laughs> ah! <laughs> fortunately you get to <laughs> marvelous marvelous so you know dealing with both freedom from patterns and elevating our evolution both of those things are co-creative processes uh, that transform or release denser energy in favor of higher or lighter energy And so whether we're working in a given moment on becoming free from an old pattern or stepping more fully into elevating our our evolution, if you will, uh, both of those things are are done in connection with the one thing. It's not like like you were saying before, it's not like, oh, I'm I'm dealing with patterns, freedom. So I'm not allowed to call upon the one thing for that. I got to do that on my own. And I'm only allowed to experience connection with the one thing when I'm working on evolution elevation. No, 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 no. It's all fair game for the one thing. Right. And um, I think the, on this next point, really the main point to highlight is that when we get clear on the thing that we would like to summon and receive into our into our mind body or life it it all everything starts this way and you you know you can probably tap into any metaphysical um or even philosophical or you know any any truth path and they would all say the same thing that energy starts in the non-physical and then it comes into the physical and so our job is to instruct the (laughs) non-physical with our clarity and our consciousness and our choice making. And then that's, you know, that's part of this 
I mean, it could work for either side, whether it's releasing, like if you want to be free of an addiction, you, you, if you focus on the addiction with all of your might and all of your laser focus, you'll keep getting the addiction. But if you are aware that you would like to be addiction free, you know, whatever the thing is that you're addicted to, you would like to be free of that. And you're, you have access to cultivating, you know, a vision and a feeling of that. Well, then you're going to be pulling that closer into yourself. So that's part of co-creating with the non-physical part of ourselves, which as a reminder is 96% of who we are. We're only 4% the physical, right? So there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of capacity in the non-physical and, and we've not really been taught how to, how to work with that part of ourselves. So this is, this is the dance of co-creation. This is what it means to evolve our souls. This is what it means to do any one of those things, releasing or expanding and contributing, contribute to the whole, contribute, contribute to the collective in a really good way. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And so, you know, we talked about different levels of intensity before. So just to double back to that piece, you know, what we're called to do in response to whatever is coming up in us depends on if what's coming up is a little niggle or a moderate issue or a big, hairy, audacious bludgeoning into surrender. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if it's a little niggle, then it may require nothing more than a couple of breaths, reconnection with tot and off we go, you know, uh, on we go in, in terms of being effective conduits for higher love, wisdom, and action in the world. Uh, if it's a moderate issue, it might require a little more attention inwardly, maybe the interviewing of a sensation that we talked about earlier, and then moving forward. And if it's a big, hairy, audacious bludgeoning into surrender, level of experience, it might require some trauma healing or some, some deeper work in order to reach a point where surrender can authentically occur. Yeah, exactly. And, and maybe that those bigger audacious bludgeonings, more likely than not, you would need support. You know, you'd want to find some support to move yourself through that. Yes. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, just to be aware, we've kind of sprinkled these throughout our conversation, but there are pitfalls to this, right? And the reason that there are pitfalls is because our human mind, our lower human mind that, you know, that has been pretty trained and is on autopilot to, to take the reins and to be, you know, more disconnected than not with our higher self uh, is tricky and wily and, the, the, these minds will talk us in and out of all kinds of things. They'll even, um, what's the word when you masquerade as, as our spiritual higher self. And, and so here we are thinking we're, we're connecting and following guidance from our higher self, but it's really our mind just masquerading as a higher. So you, you come to know all of these, um, these elements of yourself, you know, as you, as you walk this path and it's nuances. Like, yeah. Yeah. There's nuances. And so, and remember that this is, this is, there's a whole, you know, we drop into this programming, you know, the matrix probably did the best job of it, teaching us that there is such a thing as a matrix. Right. And, and we drop into this programming that we're victims and we're not enough and we're, we're disconnected and we, you know, we need things from outside of ourselves to survive. And there's a lot, cases can be made for each of those things, but it doesn't mean that those are, that's the highest truth available to us. So, um, and, and the best way to know whether you're 
in that more disconnected human mind part of yourself uh, is whether you're in this, a state of feeling tense or at ease. If you're if there's tension involved, there's probably some mind can you know mind um, you know mind. Uh, <laughs> the mind wanting to run the show controls what I was looking for. And if you have a sense of ease, then more likely than not, you have, you have some connection to your higher, your higher self. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think we've already covered the thing that I was going to say next, but what I'll say in the way of, of summary is to put it in terms of sequencing release before surrender right? It's not that one is more important than the other, or one is legitimate and the other is not legitimate. It's a matter of what comes before what. In order for surrender to happen in an authentic and true way, rather than as a form of spiritual bypass, oftentimes some kind of release needs to occur first. So release before surrender. Perfect. Yeah. And in case you're wondering, okay, well, wait, what, what do I do again to release <laughs> two things to just make it easy is one, take, start breathing deeply and two, turn toward and not away from the thing that feels um, scarier that you seem to be resisting. And remember, just keep in mind, these are, these are going to be a few little takeaways that we're going to offer you now is that um, keep in mind that if it's up, it's ready to be released. That simple. <laughs> yes. Cool. Shall we get into the? Yeah, I just I just mentioned. Oh, oh, right. So nothing comes up until it's ready. That's what you were just talking about, right? So the second takeaway is notice in each moment. Make a make a practice of just tracking from moment to moment which side of the coin you're on in that moment. Are you? Uh, in a co-creation piece, are you are you being a conduit in this moment, or are you in the midst of something that requires a release piece so that you can then come back into co-creation? Yeah, perfect. That's good. And then the other thing we would offer to you as a takeaway is that make a list of the tools that you have available to you and, and let it be a running list maybe so that you have choice because I've noticed over the years that not every um, modality works the same. Like I don't, I can't use it for everything. I have to, I have to have different options available um, for the transformation and the release process or the elevation process. And so if you don't currently have a reliable to toolbox, um, or maybe you've outgrown the tools that you've been using, you know, up until now, then maybe spend the, the next few weeks or months just really gathering some of those tools and exploring and trying some of them out and seeing which ones, you know, really resonate and serve you and which ones don't seem to do much. Um, and this is, this is like your toolbox. There are your tools for the work of transmutation and uh, finding out what works for you and maybe update that toolbox every year or something along those lines so you're current. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least revisit each year uh, to discover whether changes or additions are needed. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Marvelous. So in wrapping up then, we so, so deeply invite you to visit totpodcast.net, T-O-T podcast.net, all 
one word except for the the dot between Todd Podcast and Net, to let us know your comments, questions, requests for future episode topics, and any other feedback that you might have for us. We want this to be interactive. We want to craft episodes around things that we hear from you are interesting for you to hear about. And so please, uh, please take us up on that offer. Go to totpodcast.net to let us know. And until next time, remember to dance with your better half, the one thing, so you can keep living more and more fully as Homo Spiritus. Mm-hmm.